Welcome to a brand new life, to a brand new day. Reporting to you all the way from the wastelands of California, deep inside a boiler room. My name is Michael, and I am a mere figment of your imagination. First time listeners out there, we hope you enjoy your stay. Please come again. My guest this evening is Dr. Richard Allen Miller. He is an author and a world-renowned agriculture consultant and researcher on the forefront. A magician, some would say. He's the real Dr. Strange. Thank you, ladies and gentlemen, for allowing us into your hearts and into your minds. Here we are again on a night like this. I'm absolutely honored to be here this evening. It feels good to be back on the microphone, as you know. Hello to all of you out there, those of you on Patreon. Always nice to see you out there. Thanks for signing up. We've got another great show for you this evening, and it's all going down faster than Building 7. I hope you enjoy this one. We've got a lot of ground to cover with the doctor. He's in the house. Matter of fact, he is waiting. Let's bring him on. And joining me now is Dr. Richard Allen Miller. How are you, sir? I'm good uh, with a sneer, you know, I need a little more cheese with my wine, but otherwise I'm surviving. I'm this glad. is a nutty place to be now. It really is. You, uh, you sort of aren't living where you usually are. You are in some new no, place I'm surrounded. No, I'm down near Criminal Central, yeah. yeah. I'm down with the bikers, and oh man, you, you'll hear the noise out back in front because I'm less than 20 feet from Rogue River Highway. And they use, all of your bikers use that rather than the freeway when they're going back and forth on, you know, between Rogue River and, and Grants Pass or Medford. And they scream through here. And when I say scream, I'm talking about very fast. There's a nice little straight stretch here on the Rogue River, and they wind it out, you know, like a quarter-mile run. Yeah, that's not good. And uh, Richard, I, I do want to say thank you for being here with us this evening, and happy uh, belated 4th of July to you. Oh, yeah. It was a rainy one here in Oregon. We got rain. It down in California. It was just uh, slightly windy. But that's about it. Yeah, well, it poured down rain here. And I'm when I say poured down rain, I mean it rained hard. So no fireworks out there. Well, we had some, you know, everybody, you know, they're trying to make them illegal because of fire danger and right. do 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 But, yeah, the usual things. But um, it was not as explosive. Is that the right word? That's the right word. Last year. Yeah, I, it was, I mean, you didn't have the shooting stars and, oh, wow, look at that, man. You know, it was more bang, pop, boom. And that was locals letting off, you know, dynamite. <laughs> <laughs> Just kidding. I understand. It, it wasn't as spectacular because well, of the rain, probably. No, yeah, I was going to say the rain probably added to that. And I hope you at least uh, got to enjoy yourself to some extent, Doc. Well, you know, what do I do? Um I try to create life. It's alive. It's alive. <laughs> that was Frankenstein. I I can tell you that there are things now going on in the universe that don't make any sense. It's not about new world order. It's not. I mean, there's something more going on here. And I'm concerned because when someone of my caliber and background and access does not have answers, I begin to wonder, why is that? I could seriously make an argument that we're in a Petri dish. I mean, literally, like when they rotated Cro-Magnon out and Neanderthal was in, it's humans are out and GMO is in. 
it's a whole new ball game with uh, even our children that are still human um, are damaged because they haven't been exposed to. I mean, that's what yeah, they do. That's what the purpose of school is. Is one of the things is to expose you when you're a young person to some of these creepy things, so your immune systems develop. And I can tell you that the children today have been so protected with wearing masks and things of that nature. Their immune system is not as sharp as yours or mine. Probably not. It's probably shot. And uh, for those that don't know, you yourself contracted COVID, and you thought you were going to die. Yeah, there were two times when I was real close to uh, death, and, but I'm still as men standing. Um, I got the um, pneumonia, and it filled my lungs, and I that was what nearly killed me. And when it did, it scarred my lungs, and now I have respiratory problems a little bit. I'm old, so, you know, it doesn't matter as much because I'm 78, almost 79, but... You know, I could have, it probably took another good 10 years off my life. Holy hell. Yeah. So I've got miles to go, however, before I can sleep. So <laughs> hey, you're, you're good. You're not going to die anytime soon. And, and doc no, 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 no. My doctor, uh, 40 years, seventh day Adventist, uh, that likes to whip out scripts if he can possibly can. I can't believe it. Um, said that I'm in better health today than I was 40 years ago when he first met me. Well, that's great. That's a great so, sign. Yeah, just stay focused. The foods you eat, the thoughts you think, it's all part of your diet. Yes, I agree. And like you, I contracted COVID at least three times now. I haven't gotten it. Well, I've gotten sick, but I'm uncertain that it was a COVID because it wasn't the same thing. When I got the COVID the first time in October, it was really, I was flat on my back. And then the, the lungs started filling with fluid, and that's when it got touchy. Yeah, that's when it gets really, yeah. really careful. That's when it gets really scary once it's in your lungs like that. Yeah. Goddamn. Yeah. But otherwise, I'm clean and sober. Here I am. Um, how did Monty Python put it? Come back, I can still bite. <laughs> <laughs> right. And, uh, yeah. Doc. I got to say, for those that don't know you, can we sort of talk about your background just for a moment here? Sure. That's good. Uh, where would you like to start? Old, at 15 and a half, old man, 1960, I was doing code for NASA. I did Fortran and Engel, and these black ladies didn't have a clue how, you know, it differed from Unix and Linux and some of the other older systems that had been around, machine. Yeah. And yeah, and so I was doing code for them, like uh, Captain Crunch and Michael James for Conosuchio. Remember those names? Well, I was part of that group. And then um, that was old man DuPont, and he mentored me through Pullman, Washington State University. I graduated in physics. Uh, my project, uh, undergraduate project for a thesis, was building the first plasma jet. And when I was 16, my senior year, I built a linear accelerator for my science fair project that created particles going faster than the speed of light. And it was four years later, they used them on the Mariner 4 to measure the water on Mars. It had, you, you, what you'd call Bremenstrahlen radiation, back then was called Sharenkov radiation. And um, 
I don't know. Van DuPont then came back with uh, several others and recruited me to do uh, Delaware and work at the experimental research station in Wilmington. And uh, I back in the late 60s, early mid 60s. And then when I graduated from Delaware, uh, I uh, started working at Boeing. And that first job was Lunar Base Alpha 1. And then that's when my my actual documented career with Navy intelligence began. I was working uh, first with SEAL Corp out of Amherst, later became Navy SEAL in the SEAL program. I guess to give you reference, in 1971, NASA had me at Mission Control to do the ESP studies with Ed Mitchell so that I could use those protocols in 1972 to select SEAL Team 1. I measured their intuition. I, I, You know, intelligence is important, but when you come from the gut, the enteric nervous system, you do not, by definition, make mistakes. And so that was, one of, that was the first of a number of protocols I did but then in um, 74, I started working with Dr. Carl Stryker, a.k.a. the Smoking Man, did all the paranormal studies for the military, and uh, wrote early X-Files for Fox, did the workup, refused to move to Hollywood uh, because I'd already done a tour with, with that. I said he refused to. Well, I, I didn't want to move to Hollywood. I'd already done my tour with Swingers and knew that I didn't want to do it. How did Ducky Mallard put it? An ethical man knows not to cheat on his wife. A moral man won't. Understood. And, and uh, speaking uh, of your, your Navy background, did they make you do anything there that would be considered, uh, you know, nefarious? Well, <laughs> that's why the Greeks have divine tragedy and divine <laughs> comedy. You've got to yeah. laugh your way out of this. My current quote, if you like to quote me, is, sure. it isn't about black lives mattering. It's about how black black humor matters. If you can't laugh your way out of it, I mean, what the sense is it? It's crazy out there. And you, you, you can't be serious about any of this because everything is broken now. And when I say that, I mean literally. Telephones, uh, medicine, dentistry, law. I mean, you know, just go right down the line. Everything's broken. I think the only thing our country has ever done right, and I was part of the SEAL program, okay? Yeah. I think the only thing our country's ever done right was the U.S. Postal Service. Now, there's your front lines. And those people are always pleasant to be around. Always. They're in a good mood. They are literally... I wouldn't want to be handling everything that's coming across that counter. Not me. Gee, yeah. I mean, if I imagine the creep that's going on everything, and someone wiping his, his snot, whatever, it's nuts. And, um, and yet now they're going to try to privatize that. And that's wrong. I, I think that the U.S. Postal Service is what made America, you know, is I remember when Canada went on strike and Toronto started opening packages and destroying mail to make a point. And the U.S. government would never have done that. And Postal Service, they would never have opened your mail and tried to destroy it to get a better raise. It's um, something we should be proud of, the Postal Service. And uh, 
and your postal clerk, the one that delivers your mail every day. That person is a really good person to you. They are. I mean, sometimes they, like your, sometimes they deliver good news and uh, sometimes, for the most part, uh, the bad news. Sometimes it's a little darker, yeah. yeah, yeah. Well, we need that. Yeah, that's usually that. that's the lawyer that does that on your doorstep. They are, the, they are the proverbial yin and yang. Yeah, yeah. Well, they keep us connected, even beyond texting and uh, voicemail and the rest of it. The kids today with texting, I mean... It's just not the same as sending a thank you note because someone oh, no. gave you something nice. Yeah. Whenever you yeah. receive a written letter, it's, it's a lot more special than just a you know a text message uh, trying to, you know, in, in any kind of uh, any sort of form of expression in a text isn't as it doesn't really hit you as hard as a written letter. Yeah. Something more personal right. and direct. Yeah. Yeah. So. What would you like to talk about today? We have all kinds of things to talk about. Before we even begin talking about, uh, let's say, like CERN, for instance, or consciousness, oh, yeah. or CERN. so many things They're to talk turn about. turn that back on and create a whole bunch of mini black holes. And if you thought the Oregon Vortex and the Bermuda Triangle were weird, watch what happens next. Well, CERN the just... Earth will consume itself. CERN yeah, just, uh, it's, uh, they turned it back on already uh, today, matter of fact. I know, and I'm, as a nerd scientist with four doctorates, I am absolutely concerned. Not concerned, I'm concerned. You're concerned. And I mean, seriously. It's one thing to horse around with, you know, when you're dealing with physics that you don't understand and by the way physics won't get you there it's not what you think it is everything in physics begins with an assumed truth and i mean that's literal that means if the shortest distance between two points is straight line it's round but if space is curved i can prove with tensor math you're flat which one is it and the correct answer is yes, because that's how limited our concept of space is, like time. And basically, I watched astrology become astronomy, and now it's going to go into, with end-of-days studies that we're doing, uh, cosmobiology, or the geometric relationship of astral bodies and the relationship to Earth and what happens on Earth. Well, this is the very first time we've seen anything like this, and, you know, people have taken to the Internet claiming that they're opening portals out there. Uh, what do you make of them um, saying things like that? Do you really think CERN is actually opening well, a portal of okay. sorts? okay. I have three books I'm writing. In 1974, I moved the Manager Foundation from Topeka, Kansas, to the University of Washington to do video feedback systems, and that will be called The Diamond Body. The second book in that series is the work I did in 79 when I took more, it's called Electromagic, and then Yogatronics. Electromagic is when I used Mora and Endomet, German acupuncture equipment on the top of the forehead to talk directly to neurotransmitters and bypassing the need to take drugs. In other words, any high that you could possibly imagine, um, 
you know, you can do using electric currents on the top of the forehead. And that's going to be called electromagic. Yogatronics was the work I did in 1983 when I created my own wormhole and did the Mars project. It has to do with a part of the brain called the Warnicke correction. Warnicke's correction is near the reticular activating center and that accounts for confabulated memory. Now, I can tell you I don't know, but there's no way that anybody can travel in physical space to get to Mars. Even when I was at Mission Control in 1971, when they do the countdown, yeah. five, four, okay, what they're doing is they have to precision-wise punch a hole in the ionosphere to get that astronaut through there. Now, we have HARP today, but even still, there is no radiation protection, and when you go around Mars, you can presume that Ed, is ne Ed Mitchell is never going to have children again. Oh, my God. Well, that's the radiation, not neutrinos. I mean, right. just think of all the different mess out there with no protection. And to try to go from here to Mars in physical space is literally impossible. There's no possible way you could do that and survive. And you, However, yes. you can other forms of travel. Now, you are familiar with astral projection. Absolutely. You are familiar with remote viewing. Correct. You are familiar with soul travel. Yeah. Well, okay. When you focus your mind's eye on specific geometry, you create a resonant cavity oscillator that sets up its own wormhole uh, travel. It's different than astral projection or remote viewing. It's different than that. And that's what the Yogatronics will be about, using sacred geometry to travel through what you call space. Ah. And I did that in 1983 for yeah. the military. That's wild, yes. Now, oh man, where do you see what I'm doing now? You have no idea. <laughs> Jesus. I mean, it's, um, I'm the you know, Doctor Strange aside, and this everything, everywhere, and every now, every when, that movie is going, it's using our model of the first things coming out of my uh, mathematics on what the multiverse, we are so uh, non-aware that consciousness is not as real as, as lucid dreaming. Lucid dreaming has more content to reality than consciousness does. Consciousness is a shared dream, and my first equation, now this is just the first thing, using, I'm using a virtual form of Kaufman's knot theory, but I'm a little Boy Scout tying knots out of strings, but basically the multiverse is you, like when you're talking to your daughter, you're talking to yourself, except that that person made a different choice of what to put on her breakfast cereal this morning. How many decisions did you make today? And that's what the multiverse is about. And it is the space between when a proton is a particle and then becomes a wave. That is called the proton cloud, and that's where the multiverse lies. In all the different parts of you that chose to make 
a different decision this morning on different things that you're doing. And that's what made us God's favored. And Richard. How's that go? It's going great. But I mean, uh, going back to CERN really quickly here, the Large Hydron or Large Hadron Collider, well, what rather. they're doing is going to create a whole bunch of mini black holes, like the one that's in Oregon Vortex. Back in 77, I think it was in 1977 for Schleicher, I took a PBY and flew over at 20,000 feet with an interferometer, and we were bending light at 20,000 feet at the Oregon Vortex. Now, what do we know that will do that physics? A mini black hole. And if CERN, we're opening doors, we don't even have a clue yet what we're doing. Yes, that's what I'm afraid we of. We need to be a lot more careful. Yes, I, yeah. I, I believe this is a... Going down into a singularity, just like that. Boom, and gone. Gone, baby, gone. Now, does that mean it's the end of life? No, I not at all. I have no idea. I have no idea what it means. Yes, I don't, I don't think it's the end of life as we know it, but it is alarming. And, you know, all throughout uh, the centuries, all throughout centuries, we, we've had uh, ancient depictions of man sort of uh, traveling already uh, using wormholes. Yes, and or other kinds of vehicles we don't have any described. One of the things, studies I did that's interesting is the Tibetan Buddhists have a technology that we no longer use. That I went through Nepal up into Tibet, and the Buddhists got out these big, long horns. They're, you know, they're big, long horns they use to communicate. When 17 of them, we documented this, when 17 of them are put in a specific geometric alignment, they so compressed the air that it lifted extremely large bodies that you could push with a finger. I saw it. I documented it. It's a technology that we do not have that it was in previous epochs. Now, that's now, amazing. There are things I'm seeing today, like how does a woman, and I saw a woman once, rip a car door off, literally ripped it off to save her daughter in a flaming automobile. You literally saw that. Now, I'm sorry? I said you, you saw that happen. Yeah, that's what they had me do. Whenever there was phenomena like that, they brought in A-Team. We never could figure out what happened either, but what we were doing was discerning on what was worth study and what was just a bunch of horse bucky, like the secret life of plants or something. Uh -huh. And I can tell you that the adrenaline in her brain being released did not make her muscle and bone stronger than steel. So how does that work? And that's where the multiverse comes in because the laws of physics are different. And these so-called altered states that people are afraid of from drugs, the drug, like a mushroom, has got a chemistry that's very similar to but different than the neurotransmitter. The one you're most familiar with, with Rick Strassman, is 5-alpha-dimethyltryptamine uh, that the kids are smoking in a little glass pipe is not the same as the N-comma-N-hyphen-dimethyltryptamine that Strassman and others studied as telepathine. And I can tell you that what happens is when you take these toxins, like lysergic acid diethylamide, it's completely broken down into salts and urine, into the urine within 20 or 30 minutes, 
And the 20 hours of high is your body's response, releasing neurotransmitters to protect the body from that. And it's these neurotransmitters that are resonant cavity oscillators dialoguing with subtle bodies outside the physical body. In layman's terms, basically you're poisoning yourself when you digest uh, the lovable shroom and uh, that's for the folks out there. And uh, by the way, Richard, are you are you still at all consuming uh, magic mushrooms at all in your older years here? I don't need to do that. I can you don't need do, to. I do that with my mind's eye now because it isn't the mushroom that does it. It's, your, it's the release of a neurotransmitter. Right. And if you know your body, you can release the funny drugs any way you want to and go where you want to. Now, here's the other part of it. Like the gut... Each brain is different with the hierarchy of neurotransmitters in the brain. They're coming for you. You understand what I'm trying to say? Yes. Well, uh, your diet, what you're thinking, yeah, etc. Uniqueness is, and you have these things and can eat those things. And then there's blood types in terms of what enzymes can be created. Yes. What we're looking at is what we call the bio-hologram. That was something I wrote in 1973, and it's being quoted by Russian scientists all over today, from 40 years ago. And it's uh, basically the DNA, the double helix, is a resonant cavity oscillator that's dialoguing or with subtle bodies outside the physical. In my latest book, The Non-Local Mind in a Holographic Universe, I talk about the uh, uh, microtubule on just outside the body filled with structured water. At the moment of death, there's a five gram weight loss in the body, which is not urine. What is it? That's your soul. Well, what you have envisioned is the physical representation of what you think a soul might imply. But again, is the earth flat around? And what the cool part is, is if you look at the world this way, you have access to those doors, and you look at it that way, and you have access to those doors. And if you use your mind as a tool, you can open all the doors. I agree with you. And that, and that is what made us God's favored. Speaking of, speaking of God, um, obviously you believe in a creator of sorts. Well, how could you not? I mean, there's something beyond us, just like there is on Earth. I, the example I use, because you don't notice it, is how many ants are on your property, and who's terraforming it more? You know, we lose, think we're superior because we have a thumb and a fire, but there are four cetacean, like orca, and the dolphin and the pilot whale and manatee all have larger brain cases. And orca has access to nine tenths of the biosphere where man can only access one tenth. Who's superior? I think we know that. There are technologies we don't even recognize. Like uh, orca can see when a broken bone using her sonar, you know, with his voice. You know, I'm glad you we don't brought have this a up. Clue yet. I'm glad you brought this subject. I was just going to say, I'm glad you uh, brought this subject up because uh, I definitely wanted to talk about the experiments with dolphins and LSD being administrated. 
uh, into them. Oh, isn't that weird? Yeah. With Dr. John Lilly. They're laughing at us all the time. <laughs> you know. It, Thanks for all the fish. <laughs> I know, right? You know, like, it's like this guy, <laughs> it's time for it to leave. Thanks for all the fish. You know, it's, we don't have a clue yet what we're doing. And LSD has nothing to do with getting high. It has to do with the release of lysergic acid amides. These amides are what cause the 20 hours of hallucinations, and that's a type of consciousness in a part of the multiverse that you have yet to explore. And you can do things in those universes you can't do here. And ketamine, the one the kids are all experimenting now, sure. is a very creepy drug. And I, I, in my humble opinion, even with my knowledge base and where I've been, I know I'm not ready. So you stay away from that? I stay away from almost everything now, including butter, salt. I mean, <laughs> everything is yeah. a toxin. It is. Well, then what's a drug mean? It means they can't tax it? What? Like alcohol and tobacco? They're all bad. But they have access. What they do is they release neurotransmitters in the brain that are similar but different. And usually the toxin, whether it's a shroom or whatever, is gone. And, you know, that's Novo Biosystem, Biosystem, Silicon, you know, all those drugs are similar, but not the same. They're not. As your neurotransmitter. Well, what's also yeah. different, though. It does the same thing. Well, what's crazy is that, what's, that? You know, what's also pretty interesting is the fact that no other drug out there except for cannabis, you know, THC, we actually have THC receptors, but that that's for like the only drug. Everything else is, you know, not really in our body already. You know, crabgrass has dimethyltryptamine. That's where you extract the dimethyltryptamine. Right. And Mormon tea is your methamphetamine. And, you know, you can go right on down the line. It's, you know, these are not drugs anymore. What they are is possible delivery systems from God. They're tools. And it's a food to trigger your own body's natural response. And now we're going from human to GMO as the new Petri dish. Yes, and we'll, we'll talk about that in a second. Going, going back to dolphins really quickly, I forgot to mention this uh, to you. Um, I'm not sure what you make of this, and I don't either, but the last uh, three or four times I've been to the beach, I, I've been able to pull, uh, put, well, not pull, but I've been able to put all my thoughts and intents to hopefully see a dolphin by luck or miracle. And, you know, all those times I was actually able to see dolphins really close to the shore and I can have someone vouch for me How all these times. Go? I wouldn't have seen it if I hadn't have believed it. Right. And I wasn't alone. Dolphins London. are everywhere. Yes. Well, they're intelligent. I mean, we're talking about more intelligent than humans. Do you think they could perhaps pick up that uh, frequency of someone wanting to see them so badly? I have no idea. I started with John Lilly when he was at Berkeley, and then I ended up out in Dolphins Plus out at Key Largo. And I don't know what they're doing in Hawaii. That's kind of weird. But I can tell you I've spent hours in a pool with Dolphin rehab centers like uh, and I, Cosmo was one that I worked extensively with, yeah. and I felt I was having a close encounter. 
Yeah, that must have been pretty wild for you to actually be doing experiments with these dolphins. Oh, yeah, and they're smart. They're smarter than the handler. (laughs) I remember because I have uh, my left arm is bionic. I have no bone in it. Really? You can't tell it. Yeah, it's uh, I, I lost it in Cambodia, training SEAL Team 3. But what happened was a dolphin was pulling me through the water differently on his fin than the other dolphin. I was being pulled by two dolphins. And the handler was trying to tell Cosmo to change because he was pulling me wrong. And the dolphin ignored him because he knew better, knowing that my artificial arm was different and he was hauling me differently so that it worked. Now, dolphins are way more expensive, uh, intelligent, and I've watched Orca chase dolphin for food chain. So, <laughs> That's pretty crazy. Know, what's going on here? Yeah, imagine that. And there's all kinds of diets, you know, it doesn't have to be rich in protein. Right. It could be rich in neurotransmitters, who knows, <laughs> you know? Something tastes better than another one because it's got these neurotransmitters over that one. <laughs> no, as a metaphor, you know. Yes. How did Gregory Payson put that metaphor part? What is your metaphor but to serve your paradox? So I have a paradox out in my meadow. And I like that, by the way. That was good. I love it when you're, you go silent like that for a minute, trying to see it in your mind's eye. That is what makes it real. Your mind's eye. Yes, that was a picture when of you that. you see it, yeah, when you can see it in your mind's eye, that's why children are probably our single most important natural resource. In which way? I'm sorry? I, I said in which way exactly? What do you mean? Oh, children? They're yeah. going to be the ones that save this earth, not you or me. Well, ultimately, they, they should be able to. We've created enough trouble as it is. I know. And we're making it more and more difficult because look at what we're doing to their educational system. Not even talking about the immune system and the rest of it. Not exposing them. And now it's GMO. And oh, my kid got a third booster. You know, why would they do that to a child? Well, I think you know why they want to do that. It's uh, creating lots of uh, issues for them. But they, who's they? See, that's the part that's concerning me. You know, when you start to sharpen down on what who that means, they. They. What does that mean? Well, yeah, well, is that a gray? Is that a, you know, what is that? What the hell is that? Dying. Could be a few things. <laughs> what is that? Could be many things, but, um, yeah. Correct. I don't know. Hope you're not vaccinated. No, of course not. Why would I do that? Well, you never know. I nearly died. I'd rather die than be vaccinated. Actually, that's the truth of it. I would not go to a hospital because what they were doing, they they could have taken someone my age and just killed me. Yeah, I'm I'm glad that you did it. Can't lose you like that. I didn't either. Yeah, we can't lose Uh, you uh, to that. At least I'm a grumpy old man. (laughs) All my teeth are falling out. My hair is gone. I'm bald. (laughs) You know, come back. I can still bite. Yeah. <laughs> and for, yeah. for for those wondering out there, going back to, you know, the SEALs and, the, well, the Navy, rather, why do you think they put so much uh, emphasis on testing everyone in the Navy with ESP stuff? 
It's about intuition. When you think about which way to go because the bullets are flying, sure, you include the possibility of being shot. Sure. And that was Merlin in a book by T.H. White when he said, anything not specifically forbidden is mandatory. If it's possible, you can count on it. That's why when you come from the gut instinct, ah, uh, yes, enteric nervous system, you do not, by definition, make mistakes. If you get shot, you're supposed to take that bullet for the team. Yeah, you definitely do um, see that sort of mentality for those in the Navy. Well, that's when, what is it? Jack Nicholson and the gay guy comes up to him, Jack Nicholson, and he says, how come my dog loves you more than me? Jack Nicholson rolls his eyes like he does, and he says, I feed it bacon. <laughs> you got that from uh, the movie As Good As It Gets, by the way. That's it. It was a wonderful movie. Good movie, yeah. The one I liked best, though, was being there with Peter Sellers. That's got to be all-time best with Chauncey Gardner at the end of the movie, Walking on Water. <laughs> oh, yeah. I, yeah. I forgot you're a big In movie case, guy, too. No, I'm, I have... My gift was eidetic imaging. If I see something... I've got it forever. You have one of those memories. Now, I don't hear yeah. very well. Yeah, I'm, I'm deaf. And I don't remember names and things like that. But if I see something, like I see your face, I can close my eyes and 20 years later see a small that I didn't notice consciously. I take pictures like a child. I'm basically a four-year-old that never became seven. And now I'm in a 79-year-old body. And that must uh, scare the hell out of you. You're like, what is that in the mirror? Yeah, no, I laugh a lot. You know, there's nothing else I can do about it but laugh, you know. <laughs> of course, of course. Scare people a little bit, you know, make them, ooh, ooh, what just happened? <laughs> Rick, Rick just happened. <laughs> and, you know, one thing I did want to ask you here, which is it's very random, Doc. But you know you're you're quite popular. Sure, that's you're, fine. you're quite popular on the internet and in reality. Uh, I often wonder if you come across any rumors like about yourself. Oh yeah, I'm yeah. There's I'm I'm a Satanist. I'm a this. I'm a that. I'm the physicist that didn't blow himself up. My other book I'm writing is on the tarot. I'm taking a whole new concept of the tarot and magic. And going to try to make it a proper field of study in physics. But what do you make of those people out there that say, you know, all these ridiculous things about you, like you know, like your Satanist, like you just mentioned, or you have you have handlers of such. Well, a Satanist is a perverted form of Christian. And while I'm a Missouri Synod Lutheran, my parents were atheists and they sent me to catechism to armor me for the high school that I went to, where they, you know, all those that believe in the Lord Jesus Christ. Yeah. And I was raised in the Philippines as a child. Were you? I was raised in Shaolin Temple. That's where I learned how to fight. I didn't know I that was part. Caucasian. Yeah, I didn't know that about you. What's that? Oh, I said I had no idea you, you didn't? Were, no, not, not out there. That's, yeah, Mom was in the China Theater with Kodak, 
and my dad was a pilot out of ADAC and Kodiak. And so oh, they okay. checked me in the Philippines. That makes sense uh, now. And that's my first languages was Tagalog, Palau, and Mandarin one. I didn't even speak English until I came to the United States. Oh, wow. But I, I didn't, okay. My third grade report card said, Ricky is very disruptive. He asked too many questions. <laughs> that's funny. <laughs> yeah, I know. Isn't that great? And in fourth grade, I couldn't read English, so they made me stay after school every night to read and learn how to read English. In uh-huh. fifth grade, I read every single science fiction book in our local library that I had see. an atom on the end of it. Interesting. Then they found out it was, you know, he's 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 kind of erratic. We need to put him on Ritalin, and Mom wouldn't let him do oh, that sure. to me. And then they wanted to advance me. Oh, he's, he's he's brilliant. Let's move him. And she wouldn't let him do that, so I was semi-normal. We'll call myself Perry Normal. Perry Normal. Yeah, that's how's that one. I like that. Yeah, I'm Perry Normal. Yeah, or Perry Comitatus. <laughs> I, I got to meet him. That was my driver for uh, uh, Dennis Kucinich. When Kucinich hired me to do a bunch of um, bunkers for him in the Midwest. That time he was calling himself president of the Midwest. It was really weird. And his driver was Perry Comitatus. <laughs> That's a little odd. I know. I have seen such things and done such things for the military that it's just unbelievable. And by the Up way, in Spokane. Yeah, by, by the way, by the way, Richard, are, are you still an asset to any governmental entity? By the way, just curious. What do you mean? I, I don't understand. Do you, do you help any? Well, do you help any? Let's say any governmental branch out there at all? Still. Yeah, I work with Navy intelligence. I manage bunkers. Still, okay. I'm the guy that goes in, look at the young kids, and suggest they might need some more for this lifeboat. <laughs> Make it sustainable. That's what Matt Stein and I did until his untimely death. Oh, yeah. We were doing survival skill workshops. Matt Stein. And, uh, yeah, Matt. Yeah, Matt was my partner. He was a good guy. He died. Yeah. Was it? Yeah, he fell from uh, El Capitan with oh. aortic aneurysm. Yeah, I was going to say he had like a, he oh shit, I, didn't, I, know, I knew he had a brain aneurysm. You know, I've interviewed him before. He gave me a few of his books. He's a great guy. You know, a lot of our interviews are out there on the internet still. Uh, Matt's yeah, name is Greg Guy. We were doing urban survival skill workshops. But the, the, uh, the, thing is, the thing is, I didn't know he like fell off a off fell off a cliff or something. Or well, he was climbing El Capitan at the oh, time. Oh my yeah. god! I didn't know that part. Holy shit! That's crazy. We always thought he would be last man standing because Damn. of his diet, you know, with Keshi and all his shit. He's a little wiry kid. Yeah. You know? You know, after all these years, this is the yeah. first time I heard he actually fell from a cliff. So I'm, I'm like taken back. I'm like, whoa, that's no way to go. Yeah, well, it was, yeah, yeah. It wasn't the fall that killed him. Yeah, it wasn't the fall. He was dead. Mm-hmm. Damn. Yeah, it was, yeah. That is terrible. And you know, there was no accounting on it. It was just like, that's the way it happened, yeah. What do you think is the worst way to die, Richard? Drowning and being eaten by a shark or a brain aneurysm? And falling off a cliff, basically. <laughs> What's worse? Clever coin. Which way do you want to go? <sighs> well, most likely, anything that you can imagine is how you died in one of the universes. Maybe sleep Keep is your the best imagination way. tight, buddy. <laughs> yeah. Well, hopefully, we all go in our well, sleep. It's all true. That's, that's the part that's interesting is that it's all true. 
And that's the new movie, the Everywhere, Every When, and Every Now. That new movie that's coming out. It'll be on the multiverse and the possibilities of what happens. Yeah, there's a lot of um, what-ifs. That's correct. And we don't know, but what we do know is, if you can see it in your mind's eye, that's where imagination becomes reality. And that's chapter eight. I was going to say chapter seven on the, you know, it was called, it's called in the non-local mind, it's called time travel and the true nature of cavitation. And basically it's when a drop of water hits a pool of water and then goes down into the water and goes poip and comes back up. It's no longer a drop of water. Right. It's a bubble. And, and it's cavitating. And Richard, how many books, how many books do you have now, by the way? Oh gosh, I don't know. There's I mean, so many. Hundreds. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I'm, I, that's what I do is I write. Right. And, you know, I, I did like the power tools for the 21st century. I do have that book as well as the magical and ritual use of herbs. Yeah, then there's a magical and ritual use of, of aphrodisiacs, <laughs> and a magical and ritual use of perfumes. And now my new title is the magical and ritual use of metaphor, archetypal gods in daily living. Basically, I'm suggesting there are 22 stories in the big city. Yeah. And you're either possessed, which means you have only one storyboard going on, or you're complexed, more than one. You and I probably have five or six primaries. I agree. Persephone having to go to Hades each year would be someone having to take drugs once a year because they're depressed at Christmas. Now, each storyboard has an ending. If you don't like that ending, that's when you do pathworking to change the movie. And this is where magic becomes advanced physics. And when are these books being released, by the way, these newer ones? I do them through my own website, Oak Publishing, um, at richardallenmiller.com, A-L-A-N, miller.com, forward slash bookstore, forward slash. I have 15 audiobooks on the 11 years. I taught 15 eight-week courses at Harvard on metaphysics. And uh, around this time, when you were teaching out there, you were close friends with uh, Timothy Leary, correct? Well, Timothy Leary was back in 1964. A little bit before, actually, yes. Yeah. <laughs> 1964, when it was still legal. I was 20 years old. I was going to Pullman. And what they did, Harvard wanted to do a study on what would happen if they gave LSD to 10 brilliant people. And I had the highest IQ out of the state of Washington and was invited into the program. He came out and visited my mom, then visited Professor Riggins at Pullman. And then I got to meet him. I remember I'd never drank alcohol. I was a nerd. Sure. You know, physics and all of that. Yeah. Yeah. And I was up at Inception Pass, Hurricane Ridge, looking 2,000 feet down into Puget Sound. And the water was boiling back colors. And Leary leaned over and he said, wouldn't it be neat to jump? <laughs> <laughs> wow. I yeah, I discovered at that moment all the sexually and the doors of perception and how many doors were closing shut in my mind. I didn't want to go there. I didn't want to think that. And I became fascinated with inner space. 
And that's why I went into solid-state physics rather than astrophysics. And by the way, um, what was Timothy O'Leary like, you know, like as a person? Was he, you know, laid back, that sort of deal, or was he a little different? Yeah, he was um, intense, like I am, um, but he was mellow, very opinionated politically, of course, um, and I'm not as politically oriented. I know that I don't know what's going on, you know, with Ukraine and, and Russia. Sure. But, you know, the Ukraine-Russian thing could be likened to Kansas and the United Nations wanting to take Kansas out of the United out of the United States. It's our breadbasket. So is the Ukraine. That's where all the food comes from for the Soviet Union or yeah. Russia. All the wheat Why is out there. They want to give that up. Yeah, the whole thing is you a little... A little strange. Some people... Uh, yeah, there's more going on than we than know. the media. Yeah, and yeah. the bad news, we'll probably never really know what happened. It's very odd, the whole situation out there. I mean, we live in a time where there's cell phones and videos and, you know, you and, look around the internet and there's no footage yeah, of Yeah, but what can you trust? There's nothing out there. It, no one. I mean, it's... The media it has... I remember as a boy, it used to be Walter Cronkite and Charles Corolt on the road, and that's the way it is. Hey, you trusted well, these sources. Then when Dan yeah. Rather came on, we started slipping over to CNN and some of the other channels to get a broader view of what's going on. Yeah. Today, none of them are going to give you anything real. Yeah, that's the problem. All agenda. It's like, who do you trust? Yeah. yeah that's a- How did the... They, in the movie, the, the series, The Prisoner, be seeing you. Mind control, and it's very fine. It's good luck with that. Right. So you're not for, well, obviously you're against this war, uh, the one in oh, the Ukraine. Oh, yeah. Listen, there, there's, sure. I, I, well, war is good for business. Very good That's for That's what it's all about. It's Mind very good for, yes. That's all it's about. Yeah. It's good and, for the industrial military uh, complex. Well, and NATO, NATO made a, an avowal back in World War II. They would... To listen to the entirety of this interview, please go to patreon.com forward slash Michael Deacon. My apologies.